Greetings, everyone. This is the Sound Health Options Show with Richard Talk to Me Guy and Sherry Edwards. Good morning from snowy Ohio, Sherry. <laughs> Good morning, Richard. We have probably five, six inches of snow. I'm looking out my window, and there's a bunch of deer in our yard. So it's kind of a neat Christmassy kind of picture you know, that you'd see on your Christmas card. Uh, we certainly uh, thank everyone for being with us, taking time out of your day. We have some exciting things to share with you. Dr. Michael Wayne will be with us in a few minutes, and he will be bringing us information about human potential, from what I could understand. It's probably much bigger than that, but that's where I'm going to start. Um, and he's going to talk to us about how we are much more than we realize, and he and this is from his material, and I'm going to ask him about it. His desire is to push us to the edge of who we are so that we can become resourceful about our own inner strengths and direction. Doesn't that sound phenomenal? So we'll be with him in a few minutes. We have some announcements. Our keynote is up. Go to soundhealthoptions.com. Our DNA and replenishing ourselves are the frequencies that are in stress this um, this week. We have, um, how do I say that? We have expanded. Nexus Magazine and Sound Travels out of England, Nexus is out of Australia, has picked up our keynote column, and they want to help inform their readers, uh, listeners, of all of the frequencies that are coming to Earth, and how that affects people. And so we put that out each week. Um, Dr. Robert O'Leary, who is a jurist, uh, writes a very long column about this, and I write sort of a short one, so we sort of trade off. But it gives you ideas about, okay, my joints are really creaky. What have I done? What have I eaten? It's not about that. It's about the frequencies coming to the earth. For those that are affecting us, for those of you who have not heard, we came back from the A4M conference, the International Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, where we presented a a paper on bioacoustics. We are very uh, honored that they accepted us and some of our case studies, so that is incredible. I want to thank you all for some some all of the letters, good and bad, that uh, you've seen that. I shouldn't say good or bad. I should say positive or negative. It has different connotations for everything that you have sent to us, um, asking us to present certain things. We will try to get to that. But our whole idea here is to help educate people so that you don't have to go out and collect everything. So we know that many of you are leaders in your own community, and you pass this information on. So we love that idea. Uh, We try to bring you, and this is in response to several letters, that um, we know you depend on us to bring you information of the day. And we try hard not to be political, but sometimes that slips in. Um, I, nor... Richard, the co-host here, is attempting to adjust or sway your opinions. We're just trying to bring you information and, and truth from all sides. So I also should let you know that we are sponsored by the Institute of Bioacoustic Biology and Sound Health. We're a registered 501c3 nonprofit, <laughs> literally and legally, um, what we do here at the center in, in our clinic part is stick a microphone in front of your face and look at the frequencies of your voice and see what's going on, your, your innate uh, perspectives about life and about your optimal health. We're very happy to announce that MIT and the Mayo Clinic is following in our footsteps and using our techniques. I love that part of it. So keep the letters going, um, the comments. We do appreciate them. 
don't be afraid. You know, some people say, I hope you don't hate me, but, you know, we want the truth. Whoever you are, if you are providing the truth to us, you are honoring us. We're sponsored today by our computer program, our oldest, our very first computer program, Nano Voice, which you talk into and get 500 hits, and it gives you information about who you are, what you really think, uh, without all of the oughts and shoulds, and it doesn't keep your words. It only keeps the notes that you speak, the frequencies that you speak, and it gives you almost an instant printout, uh, about four or five little button punches, and it gives you a printout of who you are. And that's why we decided to do the Oprah one that we put up on the keynote. Um, Is she going to run? If things get worse, if Trump um, keeps beating on people uh, in a way that she doesn't like, she may run. But will she win? I doubt it because one of her main things is spirituality. And there's not enough spiritual people yet that would vote for her just based on that. I happen to know that behind the scenes that Oprah is a hard-nosed business person, but her persona really is, well, I'll just let you read it. And it was done with our little nano voice. So soundhealthoptions.com. Go to Keynote, or you can just do a search and look up Oprah, and it gives you her perspective. We have hundreds of profiles on people, um, their issues, their thoughts, their perspectives, and we want to make that available to you. It's a free download, has been for 10 years or so. We've had hundreds of thousands of people download that little program um, because it helps them find a foundation from where they can start. And we think, I don't know how Richard feels about it, but I think um, that people need to know themselves before they can step out and know anything else or anybody else because that runs through all of their filters. I think that is, no, it's not all the announcements. The workstation, our Sound Health workstation is up, and it's soundhealthportal.com, and we have free evaluations there for the people that were in the California fires. The Breathe Free will tell you some of the nutrients that you need to help clear your bronchial and uh, lungs. Also, people who have written us about Gordasil, you can test if there's damage. PTSD is there. Neuroplasticity for brain nutrients is there. So jump on our site, soundhealthportal.com. Go to campaigns. Oh, it's services first and then campaigns, and we try to change those out every month so that you guys can have a vocal analysis just to see where you stand and to really prove to you that your voice holds a lot of information, not just your words, but the frequencies of your voice. I think that's all of the announcements on this side, Richard. Um, I want to throw in a comment before I, I do have a couple of announcements. I'll try and keep them short, that the nano voice to me, has always been an amazing sleeper in that, A, Sherry's always given it away. That's amazing. And once you, when you first get it, A, because it's free, you think, oh, it's free. What can it, you know, how much value can it be? However, once you use it for a while, and you just get kind of used to, you know, having it on your computer and opening it and running your voice. I did that for a while when I first got it. Just every day I would take a vocal print, which just means you talk into the computer. And you record 30 seconds of your voice, and then Nano has it and gives you a report. But now I'm in the habit, I also use it to check myself with supplements so or a food if I want to see if I have an issue with a food. So I'll take a vocal print, takes all of 30 seconds, just record it before I consume the whatever it is, and then have the supplement or the food, and then about 20 minutes later test myself again and look at the differences in my vocal chart and the numbers. I tend to look at the numbers just because I like them versus the colors. But you can see shifts. And you even if at first you don't know what they are, 
which I did for a long time, even like last Tuesday. <laughs> it happens still. However, you have a document that shows, oh, yeah, this, and maybe, you know, after two months of taking this, how something shifts. And it's just, it's a great tool to have around. I am, not, I am a big fan of the Nano Voice. I think it's, it's a must-have. So that's my... Well, you were talking ahead, about uh, allergy testing. It's a very cheap allergy test, and it confirms what's going on. Most people use it for their own personality, see who's lying. But I love it that you can test foods or, or even supplements, whatever's going on. It's very inexpensive, and our idea is to put health back into the hands of the people. So you can download it really easily. SoundHealthOptions.com downloads. Also, and this one was done for Richard, uh, radiation is there that you can download. That's another free one. So, so those of you on the Pacific Coast there that are getting hit by Fukushima still, it'll show up what radiation um, is in your vocal plant and the nutrients that you need to counteract that. Richard helped us develop that, what, 10 years ago now? Or so? No. <laughs> That's Fukushima. too long. Let's say, I think Fukushima was about five, four to five years ago. Uh, I'm okay. so bad with time. I have no sense of time. I know a lot of other things, though. <laughs> That's my defense. I know a lot of other things. But four to five years ago, when that first happened, when Fukushima first happened, Sherry contacted me and said, you know, she wanted to come up with this and would I help develop it. And I live about... 30 to 40 minutes from the California coast. I live in a town called Sonoma, California, where the fires were. That's a whole separate conversation. And when it first happened, Sherry started taking, having me send her vocal prints, again, just recording up my voice, to her, and she'd run it through the software and check it. And then she sent me a chart with supplements that I could take to counterbalance the things that were elevated, like cesium or some other nucleotide. And then we'd retest later that afternoon, and if it, it had gone down, and then if I took more of the supplement, eventually it would balance it out. And then she got the software designed as a finished product, and now I just have it. And every once in a while I do test, and I bump up a little bit of the supplementation, or in this case now, uh, do some tones. And it's it's amazingly empowering to have this at hand. Um, it's the same way I feel about the Sound Health Portal and the ability to have the post-traumatic stress disorder up there for people such as my friends down in Southern California in the Montecito area where the giant mudslide just came through and wiped out many homes. Um, so far, it's only killed about 20 people. I mean, it's not happening ongoing. It just happened. Boom, suddenly there was a mudslide as a result of the fires. So it, it's just, I'm a, I'm a big fan, obviously, of the technology, and I think everybody should have, you know, be using it on a regular basis. We want to put health back in the hands of the people where we think it belongs, and I know that's tremendously prejudiced, and we know there's things you can't do um, with herbs and nutrients, you know, like broken leg or something, but still, as much as we can, we want to give you the tools and the solutions to support self-help. And that goes to fitting right in perfectly with this uh, first thing that I'm going to talk about from Brass Check TV. And I believe Sherry put this link on the show notes on the website. And it's about food fraud is on the rise. And in the short video, in the video, I don't want to take the time to run it here, but you can see the link. I'll put it both in the chat for blog talk radio but it's also on the site it talks about substances that are in foods such as for example uh i know from the olive oil world that when i used to have a business where i did formulating and i would get chlorophyll in bulk which is a high concentrated green substance that i used to talk to the manufacturer of the chlorophyll and they said one of their largest users was the olive oil industry and I was like, what? And he went on to explain that they used the chlorophyll. So it's not a bad thing. It's an okay substance. But they would use the chlorophyll to color olive oil to make it greener. 
because people thought that greener meant that it was fresher. Or it, it, it made people buy it more by adding a little bit of chlorophyll. So that's not a bad thing. However, what they're talking about this in the, is that the food industry in this arena of additives, and they're talking really coloring agents and substitutes and things that are added to foods to make them you know, a little more so or slightly skew their pH or something. They're less talking about the chemicals than they are altering foods to improve the profit margin. That's my review. And that's not going to get better since uh, this administration is pretty much saying, oh, industry will take care of everything. It's like the oil industry. Oh, we'll take away those regulations because they don't need them. They'll take care of it. Well, we've seen how that's worked out. You know, just refer to the footage of Horizon spewing oil or any other industry where they've taken away restrictions or, contr- or rules or guidelines or agencies to actually monitor them, like 700 people leaving the EPA and not being replaced. Um, so this is under the FDA. I don't know how many people have left the FDA, but it's going to not get more regulated. It's going to be less regulated. So I think this is, then again, a great place to have NanoVoice because if you have a food, you find it, seems odd the way it affects you. It's just an, it's supposed to be either an olive oil or, a, I don't know, iced tea or tea in a tea bag or, you know, anything. It's a great way to just take your vocal print in the morning. If you feel weird, take your second vocal print and see what it is. So uh, that will be at the show notes. Uh, and it's really, it's a thing. And it's not going to get, the regulations are not, not going to get stronger from the, any indication that I've seen. So we really have to start monitoring these things ourselves. And then a slightly different spin on that vein. I just love this so much. Um, there's actually a cartoon series in Sweden with the Bamse Bear, B-A-M-S-E. And what they're doing is the campaign is, the, the title of this article is, Swedish Kids Learn, to computer Co- Learn Computer Coding and How to Spot Fake News in Primary School. So in Sweden... They're not only teaching kids to be educated about coding, they're also teaching them to fact check how to actually... Isn't this great? I just love this. And there's actually a comic book, this comic book hero, Bamse. I'm completely unclear about the pronunciation, but that's what it looks like to me. And talking about, in old school, we would call it critical thinking, but it's really about seeing something in the news and knowing how to look around and find out if that's valid. And what an amazing thing to teach kids in school. Wow. I think that's such a life skill. I just think that is great. So I'll put this both in, uh, I'll give it to Sherry so she can put it on the site, and also I'll put it in chat. I just think it's stupendously wonderful. I think that would be a great thing for us to do here, to teach people, teach kids how to start thinking early on about I don't know. I'm not sure. Is that true? Does that seem true? Not we're not depend upon Facebook or whoever you're talking about to think that they're doing any kind of review, uh, but actually how to look and see if something is, is true based on your own research. Wow. I love that. Okay, with that, and that, that in a certain way, that fits in with one of the questions I have for our guest is the idea of uh, kind of an open source idea. As a change agent, Dr. Michael Wayne is the founder and director of the Center for Quantum Revolution. The producer host of the video interview series Interviews with the Leading Edge and the leader of the Academy for Quantum Revolutionaries, a training program to help people find and access their leading edge and by doing so, cultivate the power to transform. Dr. Wayne has over 25 years' experience in the field of Chinese medicine and has a private practice as a practitioner of acupuncture, Chinese medicine, and integrative medicine. His Ph.D. is in the field of quantum integral medicine, a field he has pioneered, which is about the science of emerging properties and how it relates to the innate healing system and human potential. Michael joins us to talk about his latest book, The Quantum Revolution, the power to transform. Welcome, Michael. 
Uh, thank you, Richard, and thank you, Sherry. And uh, it's been very actually uh, mesmerizing listening to what you were talking about. I, I could have kept listening to you, but I thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> we can have that conversation as well. Um, yeah. I want to ask you right out of the gate, since you are an acupuncturist and you've been doing this for over 25 years, yeah. do you think that in the early days of doing acupuncture, do you, was the vehicle of doing acupuncture one-on-one with patients or clients a vehicle for deli- for the early days of delivery of your revolutionary ways? Uh, yeah, that's a good question, Richard. And I would say yes, even though for myself, I didn't, I didn't fully see it in the big picture, but I was seeing it that really healing is about people taking responsibility, um, and, and me working as a facilitator to help them open up to that great healing source, um, you know, opening up the chi, opening up the vessels. So... It was it, over time as working with people, I saw what what it takes to create a, a quantum revolution, so to speak. But really, a quantum revolution in our own lives is becoming healthier and happier, and and getting past our own self-imposed impediments. And what is the what is your idea of the conscious evolution and or I would add to that conscious revolution? I like the idea of the conscious revolution myself. Uh, yeah. And what is that? What does that mean to us? Well, I, I think um, there, there's a growing movement and a movement that's really, um, you know, taking, taking, uh, gaining, gaining a hold and, and, I saw it even more. I mean, it's, I still see it. I saw it even more up until the times have changed over the last year in our political realm, but, but which does not affect our personal realm in many ways. But, but it's just that this conscious revolution, consciousness revolution, is that more and more people are, are waking up to their own potential, to their own healing capability, and to what they can do to, to create mastery in their own life, the lives of others in the world in, in ways big and small, whatever it is, whether it, and it's really about people living a more authentic life. When we talk about the personal level, being true to themselves, their work, their, the way they do things, you know, just living in more integrity. And, and that takes a certain level of cognitive ability and, and consciousness awakening to, to realize that and, and, and be true to yourself. Live, live closer to the dreams, live closer to the way your heart wants you to live in this world. So, so it has implications both personal life and, and, the, and the lives and, and realm of the collective. And in this, in this realm or the collective, I, I hadn't written this down, but this just comes to mind. Where does the chaos theory does the chaos theory theory fit in here somewhere? I, I understand from having read your book the idea of in a certain way of being a surfer and you know life is waves and you you find your center or your chi mm-hmm. and you find your center point so that you can ride those waves and and sometimes yeah. do we need this quantum chaos theory moment in order to get us to really develop that center and, and help shift consciousness ultimately? Um, a lot of the time we do, for better or worse. And, and that's why the, the famous Chinese saying, which with the Chinese, what some say is a curse, may you live in interesting times, is that <laughs> we, we need, a lot of times, if, if we just stay, or uh, are, are we stay in our little comfort zone in our day-to-day existence, status quo, feel comfortable, and then something, so, so I'm bringing it kind of to the personal level, and then something shakes us up. It could be a illness, could be divorce, could be death, so job loss, whatever, and then we are called to go towards something greater. So, so that's chaos, and, and in the bigger realm right now, we're being shook up by someone who's not exactly, um, hasn't, hasn't, isn't a conscious human being, I'm talking about the president, um, who's, who's deliberately trying to shake things up. But however you, however you view the, the man and sitting in the White House right now, it's just, it creates chaos, it creates 
shaking things up. So same thing in our personal lives. When, when something happens, it shakes us up, creates chaos. And chaos theory says that order comes out of chaos, a new order. And that's what we would, that's the ideal to go towards, to be ready to surrender, to embrace, um, to, to, as you give the good analogy, Richard, surf the waves um, and just see where things go. And, and most people can look at their lives and say, wow, real things really worked out. But I, I had to go through a lot to get there. But we, we grow from the experience um, if we allow ourselves to, if we're willing to uh, look at it as a teaching. And, and that is <laughs> a learning. To, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. You know, there, there's in, in the realm of um, relationships, a lot of people are, are in, in their marriages or relationships want, are, are willing to, to walk away from a relationship if, it, if the growth level isn't there because they need more. So they, they create a chaos gets created, but they go towards something more towards what they're called to be. And, and it's the same in, in any part of our life, and it's really like a, a hero's journey. And and that's you know that's that's if we're willing to uh, embrace it. And, and yeah, the uh, adventure continues. Yeah, and going back to the first question you asked me about Richard about you know I work with patients, which continues to this day working with patients. You know, did I see that as this bigger quantum revolution? But I saw it as people, you know, having having something chaotic happen in their life, illness, and and they had one of two ways they could embrace something new and go towards a more light towards healing, or they can just stay the same old, same old, take the medicines and drugs and do what Western medicine tells them and just stay sick. And a lot of people, and now we're seeing such an explosion of, of the interest in holistic, integrative, alternative medicine. Um, you know, more people are just have woken up to that aspect, too. And in the, I want to jump slightly to, in the quantum revolution, you speak of having an open system of thinking. Uh-huh. What is that? I like the, I uh, like the sound of it, but what is that? Yeah, so so it, oh, I use the word open system, and really, it's um, it's it's the concept of open mind, open heart, and it's um, we've we've seen it like like with the development of technology and the internet and digital, it, it has allowed people to connect in many ways, uh, for better or worse, but but to connect, um, and and that's what an open system is, where the, where people can connect. We don't need the internet to do it. People can connect all different ways, but it's really vice open. The opposite, the opposite of open is closed. And when a person is closed, they, they close themselves, their body, their mind is just closed to, you could say close to source, close to being an open vessel. And, And while an open system is really being an open vessel to healing energy, to what life brings and 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 the furtherance of of their potential and 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 our body tells us when we feel open how much difference that feels when, when people tune into their bodies than being closed is and what closed feels like and and that's part of this quantum revolution this consciousness revolution is going towards a more open system an open culture an open future and, and, and thinking, it gets away. Yeah. No, go ahead. Oh, oh, I was just going to say one other thing about a closed future or a closed system is that for, for the human being, when they let their lower, baser instincts and emotions uh, rule them, fear, greed, anger, that's, they, they stay in that closed loop, that closed system. And when we move past there towards love, and openness, then, then that open loop occurs. And do you feel in ancient times, and I mean ancient when we might be wearing loin gloves or not, who knows, 
and we were sitting uh-huh. in a circle, and most of life consisted of, don't get eaten, get back to the cave, yeah. go out, get some food, uh-huh. come back. Maybe some guy's got a pocket full of fire, we can cook this thing instead of just chewing on it raw. Do you think in a certain way we had a more open system because there were the only d- real distraction was survive, don't get eaten, and be in touch with nature because nature is, you know, can threaten you at any moment because you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, were we in a certain way more connected and had a more open because we weren't so distracted in a certain way, do you think? Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting question, Richard. I've never thought of it in that way. So you would say that in certain ways, yes, we're more, uh, our ancestors were open, living, living closer to the nature. Um, it, it was very, in many ways, it was or a very difficult existence, a survival-oriented existence. And humans have always, through the course of evolution, have always tried to find more uh, comfortable way of living. I uh, started gathering in communities and developing agriculture. So, so as we evolved, progressed and evolved as humans, our minds evolved, and we wanted more. We 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 wanted to thrive more, um, which creates more complexity, more opportunity for closed systems. So, so we could say back back in our ancestors' day, when when things were much more simple, eat or be eaten, survive. We were open in certain ways, but it was very lower level. And humans were called because we're complex organisms and creatures to evolve to higher capabilities. So, so we were called more. We have more challenges, and the challenge now to evolve and and become more conscious is much greater than what our ancestors were. But the challenges and, and the challenges that exist in our world right now are nothing like what then i mean much greater than then but but our calling for uh growing becoming more open now is has such vast potential for what kind of world it could create um overall because now we're global beings we're not just provincial um beings looking for survival so that that's that's my answer to your question yeah, no, I I like it. It just it just rolled up cuz I I'm a fan of uh as I say scuffing in the dirt, which me, you know, which yeah. is rituals of indigenous peoples who uh scuff in the dirt and have ritual and have gathering and sit around the fire and tell story. And I think it's I think we had a different kind of connection then because we actually did that. We had a, kind of a a structure, not necessarily hierarchical in the way of, you know, a president and he tells you what to do and that kind of thing yeah. and makes the rules. But just more of a, we're all trying to survive as a group, so let's have a group thought of, okay, let's go out, you watch Bob's back, you know, when he goes out to, you watch his right side, I'll mm-hmm. watch his left side, and we all try not to get eaten. That's our thought. Yeah. Go. Yeah. And then we try and, next we try and get back to the cave while dragging that big thing that we kill. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, it's, We've evolved in a way where everybody's on a phone or texting or, you know, we've we've greatly expanded our field, but I don't know Mm -hmm. that it's improved our intimacy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right. What what is needed as we continue and progress and develop technology, our minds, is maintaining and retaining that native wisdom, that ancient wisdom. And, and that's one of the things, like, I'll, I'll talk to people about Chinese medicine. It's kind of ancient wisdom for modern times, you know, ancient healing approaches that still are applicable. But it's, it is keeping that, that sense of that connection to nature, our connection to ourselves, to our hearts. Because uh, one of the problems in our modern society is people are disconnected to themselves, disconnected to nature, and so ancient it just long-term thinking gets subjugated. So companies, corporations don't think of what is, what is good for the common good, but it's more what is good for short-term profits. And that leads to raping the soil, putting up building pipelines and destroying soil or strip, strip mining and, and things that just are harmful and, and do not help future generations progress. 
So, so that was part and parcel of Native wisdom. Well, and the idea of, uh, I'll step sideways just for a moment, the idea of a tonic herb that's not in our mm-hmm. culture. We don't really have that. You have that in Chinese medicine. I'm an herbalist. So you have oh, that in yeah. Chinese medicine. You have that in, in indigenous thinking of, oh, yeah, you start eating this as a child, and you'll eat this throughout your life, and here's why. We don't have that. Mm-hmm. you know, And right. that's something that's really, like you say, that's, we don't have that in the way of what we eat in terms of herbs or medicinals, not medicinals in the sense of, I'm sick, I need something now, but long-term beneficial effect. We don't have that. And I think yeah. that carries over to just exactly what you said about there's no thought about we need to dump this pollution into the ocean today because it'll make corporations more profit. But in the long-term effect, it's going to make us sicker or make our immune systems more stressed out or possibly kill things in the ocean. There's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. So it's – sorry, I mini-rant. Uh, no, but, <laughs> but that, that, that's what, what I was saying, what we're, what we're talking about is that – that disconnection, disassociation to yourself that that people have, and and that people who work in corporations have, and corporations are just conglomerates of people. That that mentality, that thinking, kind of uh, they just don't think about how it affects the environment, how it affects future generations, how it affects health, and and so we find ourselves in the mess we're in. And and now many people are being called to awaken to to reverse that or, or come forth and come forward and put their good work forward. Um, there's there's a famous saying that crises are evolutionary drivers. So we have a lot of crises, and these are drivers for for humans to evolve to to our greater capabilities and our greater potential. Um, and and. Wow. As, yeah, as you introduce me, uh, one of the things said that I, I have this um, interview series, video interview series called Interviews with the Leading Edge. And one of the things I've tried to do with that, and people can see it, they can go um, on my website or, or a shortcut to my website. It would be leadingedgeinterviews.com, leadingedgeinterviews.com. And one of the reasons why I started that was to, to talk with people, highlight people who are doing really great work in, in one way or another, whatever, whatever their domain is to show people, to, to inspire people that there are lots of people out there who are putting forth this more sophisticated way of seeing the world, a really beneficial way of seeing the world and doing amazing things. That's a great, I watched a number of those. Those are great conversations. You really yeah, want to thanks. sit down and yeah. have tea. That, that's that's the kind of thing if you want to sit down and listen and have tea and and really hear the words because it's very, I would call it heady thinking in a good way. You know, it really does make you pause and go, hmm, whoa, yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, so it's a great it's a great series. I put the link in the uh, show notes over here at Blog uh, oh, Talk. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I think this leads us to. You talk in your book also about sort of the founding father, uh, about pay it forward. Uh-huh. Talk about how that got started. I, I I thought that was an amazing connection. Well, it was just uh, I I, I um, it, it was uh, came out of um, I think a science fiction story, if I recall. I, I don't I didn't bring my put my book in front of me, but but there was a movie with um, called Pay It Forward. And it's, and it's the idea if someone does something good for us, instead of paying it back, we pay it forward to somewhere else. And that's really, that's really an exemplar of an open system, an open culture, that we continually think, how can we do something good for others that we don't get paid back for? Kind of like, in a way, in my book, I mentioned the term enlightened self-interest, that instead of Instead of, instead of operating from self-interest, we operate from enlightened self-interest where you know, we think about ourselves, but we think about by helping others, it helps us. And, you know, it's basically karma in a way. But, but it's really how can, it, how can I just do something and I don't really care if it comes back to me. And, 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 and I know from my own life, and most of your listeners, I'm sure they would agree that when when we do good, it comes back many fold, 
but I know for myself, I don't really care anymore about if it comes back to me. I just, it just feels so open, so good, so kind, so loving. Um, so I guess that's in a way that's an example of enlightened self-interest. I'm doing something good and boy, it feels really good for me. And I like that feeling. I'm going to keep doing it. So that's, that's really what pay it forward is about. Um, instead of, that, that closed, as I mentioned, closed system and operating from fear and greed and anger, it, that, which is that old, old mind mentality of how can I keep it for myself? How can I prosper if I just take everyone else's thing? And that's where, like, um, not, not to inflict, uh, put too much politics into our conversation at this point, but... To me, uh, someone like um, Donald Trump represents the kind of the last vestiges of a dying paradigm, that that closed realm, that closed system way of thinking of what's in it for me and who cares who who gets anything else. And so, yeah, so pay forward is really a great exemplar of an open culture. Yeah. I listen, I listen <laughs> Go ahead, Sherry. I listen to this and it it gives me strength because I thought I was out here being crazy, giving oh. away software and giving away classes, and I am just happy to meet a kindred spirit. Oh. Think this idea of Star Trek, you go to the replicator and say, Earl Grey, tea hot. And there it appears, and you don't pay for it, and nobody judges you for drinking it. And I, I just love these ideas you guys are discussing. I'm fascinated. Yeah, thanks, Sherry. Yeah, one of, one of the things in, in my book, Quantum Revolution, The Power to Transform, and when I talk about open culture, I, I try to give some examples. And one was, because Sherry bringing up like, giving things away, I, I, and it really is a whole new model, economic model way of doing things. So I give the model of the TED Talks. Uh, I give the example of the TED Talks in my book because that's a really great example, very fascinating. The TED Talks started in uh, 1984 as a conference, and it was um, very exclusive, by invitation, very expensive conference on um, – Technology Education Design, Technology Entertainment Design, the TED acronym, and that and it kind of puttered along for a few years like that. Um, then they didn't do it for a few years. They did it again, and then it was only about um, maybe ten, more than ten years ago, ten fifteen years ago, that the new person uh, who was the curator for the TED Talks decided to put some of the talks online on the TED, TED website as a little experiment. And and that went against the business model. You don't just give your stuff away like that. You don't let people see it for free. We want people to come to our conference and spend lots of money to come. And and they did it, and they got such an overwhelming response that they um, decided to just keep posting more and more talks and and using the tagline, ideas worth sharing. I I believe that's the tagline. And and they have over a billion views more way more than a billion views now and it's become a household name TED talks and and it's really spread so much enlightened thought and very fascinating ideas and and influenced a lot of people and if they had kept it for themselves in a in that exclusive um program conference it wouldn't have been able to be seen by so many people so it's turned that idea on its head and and they still do their conferences. They still do do well in the business, traditional business model of that. But they've also just given so much information free and sharing. And it really is pay it forward and an open system. So it's it's a really new way of doing things. And it's just changing changing the paradigm and creating such a revolution in thought. Um, and that that's really the positives and hope for the future because this this tidal wave cannot be held back anymore. In the in the quantum in the quantum revolution (laughs) this made me laugh when I read this. You talk about uh, Bill Murray being in the most spiritual film of our time. And you talk about Uh his journey and his transformation. Would you talk about that? That is just 
when I sat back, I read that, and I sat back and then thought about it. I thought, wow, that's so true. Um, so talk about that, please. Okay. So, so you're referring to the movie Groundhog's Day, Richard, and Groundhog's Day um, has been has been called one of the ten most spiritual films of all time. It wasn't me saying, oh, that's a really spiritual film, but I found you know desig- that designation, and it's you know, such a, a classic, iconic movie, and it's a story of this grizzled, uh, cynical, jaded, beaten down um, um, weatherman who comes to uh, Pennsylvania to on Groundhog Day to see the Puxatawney Phil show his face and whether it's going to be six more weeks of winter or not. And, and it's used that as a starting point. I'm, I'm sure so many, most of your listeners have, have seen the film. And then it just recreates that same day, that same day, every day, every day wakes up in a little uh, uh, time vacuum. And, and slowly but surely he transforms because he gains awareness of what he's doing uh, and his actions. And by the end of the film, he's just gone, made 180 degree opposite. So it's, it's a fable. Um, and, and, but, but such a story of transformation of someone who finally realized what it takes to find happiness and, and a much more spiritual connection. And so it has a happy ever ending story, but, but from a very fascinating way, because he, he developed self-awareness and finally realized. And at one point he had a dark night of the soul and he, he attempted to kill himself. And then Phil were in the car, Puxatani, Phil the groundhog, and he drove off a cliff. And he thought, finally, I'm out of my suffering and misery. And then he wakes up the next morning, same old, same old, in bed, getting up. But he, but finally he realizes that my, this life, miserable life of mine can no longer work. So he goes from a closed system, closed thinking to open system, open thinking, open culture, open, and just being someone who's willing to put forth love. So, yeah, that's why I put the story in in the book and wrote about it because it's it's such a, such a fascinating story. It's such a profound story. It was brilliant. It's one of the most brilliant films ever. It made me want to watch it again. I have it in my queue on Google Play to watch it again because I haven't seen it a yeah. long time. And now having read it, that I've seen it a number of times because it always does have some kind of like aha moment in there. And so now with this in mind, I'm going to rewatch it and go, oh yeah, that is because <laughs> it is at yeah. first kind of slightly, um, you know, it's just sort of seen as a light, dark, humorous journey with Bill Murray. And Bill Murray, I think, is really that person in a certain way. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. to see it with this context now adds a whole new, oh, what an interesting way to teach philosophy and the thought of, you know, the power of gratitude. Wow. Uh-huh. That's, that's excellent. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's and, even a book on, oh, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, I was, I was, since we mentioned Bill Murray, talking about Bill Murray, there's a book in the bookstore is called The Tao of Bill Murray. So I've never read it. But you know, I guess whether whether he is a wise man or not, he's he's been movie like Groundhog Day kind of um, is is just so brilliant that there's a lot of Taoist teaching, Eastern teaching, and just teachings of of, of from all different philosophies and religions of gratitude, transformation, and and the hero's journey. Yes, and in the for each for for any one of us as an individual in the quantum revolution what is our what are your guiding words of us as we you know we have about 10 minutes and what is mm-hmm. is the idea that we want to begin to be our really true to ourselves find our own voice leave our live our truth you know, I would call it be kind and have gratitude. And I would start with ourselves and work out. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's that's exactly it. I mean, Gandhi has a famous saying, be the change you want to see in the world. So uh, uh, for, for it, and I'll, I'll and I'm saying all this is to answer the question, Richard, the other day I had a patient see me and she's just, 
she sees me from time to time and she can't sleep. She's full of anxiety and anger, just about basically because of our present situation, our political world situation. It's just, she's full of fury. And I said to her, you're, you're letting this consume you and it's taking over your head, your, your mind, your body, and it's just going to destroy you. So, so we have to be the change. If we're not cha- the change we want to see in the world, we become that person who just gets consumed and, and full of rage over, over injustice. And instead, we have to find our way to, to create mastery of our own lives of our, and be more enlightened about our emotional life and our physical health and our spiritual well-being. Um, that's why on, on my website I have um, a free six-day email course on that I call Enlightened Living, How to Live a More Authentic, Serene, and, and Healthy Life. Um, or six ways to build an authentic, serene, and healthy life. Uh, it's my DrMichaelWayne.com website because that's part of a quantum revolution is to be the change you want to see in the world and to create a more enlightened world, we have to create a more enlightened us. And being a more enlightened person is really developing self-mastery and, and understanding, knowing ourselves better, knowing our, our motives, our agenda, shining a light on our blind spots so that we act with love and compassion and kindness and graciousness and, and be like Bill Murray at the end of uh, Groundhog's Day. So, so yeah, yeah. So in a nutshell, that that quantum revolution really starts with each person's um, movement towards being a being a more uh, enlightened human being, being and and just becoming more aware of how they walk on the earth. Mm-hmm. And in quantum revolution, uh, at the back of the toward the back of the book, you talk about the fifty components of quantum revolution. And one of them, uh, number fourteen, is thinking holistically. What uh-huh. what is that? Well, it's thinking thinking in a broadest sense possible, and, and and kind of integrated, so you see how things are connected. Um, um, so that you know, again, that which which helps us think about when we think how see how things are connected interrelated then we realize how how what our how we walk on this earth impacts the earth impacts the environment the way we eat the way we choose to shop the way all all our actions are like little ripples in the wave in the, in the water that create a butterfly effect and can have big repercussions everywhere so a lot of people sometimes feel in despair feel like Oh, it doesn't matter if I vote, or what does it matter if I recycle? What does it matter if I do this or that, or because the world's going to hell in a handbasket? But, but that's that's wrong. That's every every action we take affects the world in so many ways. If we're more loving to our children, or to our partners, or to our friends, our family, that that just spreads that goodwill many ways forward, pays it forward so many ways. So. So that's where we have to make sure we try to stay um, just just with a with a very uh, courageous way of seeing the world, you know. And it just just that in that mindset, kind of almost like a warrior's mindset, being a warrior of the light. It all mm-hmm. it takes is being authentic, being being yourself, being real. All these things that we already know. All this all this is we already know this. It's already within. So it's just awakening to our our wisdom that we have and it's ancient wisdom it's future wisdom it's present wisdom it's all available yeah and, yeah and number and number 31 <laughs> i laugh because i think i have issues in this area dialoguing and understanding another's point of view ah, how does that yeah how does that work that seems so Tricky. I mean, dialoguing is not the issue; it's the understanding another's point of view. Yeah, I'll just ask that. What is that? How do yeah. I do that? How do I develop that? Well, it's it's empathy. It's putting oneself in in someone else's shoes. It's it's so we have to get so part of being enlightened too is getting past our own 
self-absorption, you know, kind of getting past the, the lower brains, baser instincts, fear, uh, greed, kind of eat or be eaten mentality, and start thinking of, of how our, you know, as we talked about before, thinking holistically how our actions impact others. So when we're in relationship to someone else, whether intimate, friends, family, work, you know, we think about what the power of the word, what we say to them, how does that impact that person? How does that, how, how is our actions impact others? So, you know, trying to, trying to take in just more than just our own actions, uh, but, but being more open to how things affect others. So it's just um, so dialoguing with them and, and kind of putting ourselves in their mindset. And the, and the more we do, these are skills that the more we do, the more, the more they get recultivated. We develop it and cultivate it and it becomes second nature. <clears throat> and, and it's really and, the way of, you know. And how do I, I'll make this very personal. So how do I, let's say I got to sit down with the, I don't know, uh, I'll say the head of Exxon. Hard to imagine. Uh huh. Yeah. No, he's in our government now. Um, the head of any, you know, right. corporate, you know, oil company. And how mm-hmm. do I understand? What do I do with understanding their point of view? I think I understand their point of view. I find it mostly disgusting. Right. <laughs> in the sense yeah, of no, no. back to back to what we talked about. In other words, I could I could sit down and talk with somebody who is all about the corporate profit, who is all about the, it's all about me and my stockholders' profits. I don't care what I affect I seem to be having on the planet. I just ignore that part. Okay, I understand that. I obviously have a judgment about it. But how do I, what do I then do with that? How do I recontextualize that so I, I don't know, not, not everybody can do a radio show. That's what I do with it. I do a radio show. Sherry's kind enough right. to let me, you know, stand on the soapbox and rant about these things. But I, <laughs> yeah. what do I do with that understanding? Yeah, and I think that's a great point. So, so on the one level, on, you know, we talked about, you know, when, when we were just talking before about the personal level, dialogue with a peer or a colleague or family member. But if you were sitting with someone from Exxon Mobil um, and, and, you know, most of us who are, who are right-thinking people are going to have very strong feelings about it. And, and even though, so, so we may understand, let's say it was the CEO of, of ExxonMobil, you may, you can understand their motives. It's about their, their desire to enhance and increase shareholder value, and that's what runs them. But we don't have to agree with it. So, so understanding someone else's point of view, you may not agree with it. And, and, and when I have patience and I try to understand them, their point of view, and if they say something I don't agree with, I will say to them, I don't agree with you. So if, if we had the ability to sit one-on-one in a, in a civil conversation with the head of ExxonMobil, we can say, I don't agree with you, but most of us aren't going to have that. We can, we, can, we can understand them as a human being, a flawed human being, their problems, and at the same time, we don't have to accept their actions. So it's more, it, it's, it kind of goes back to what I was saying about the patient mind. He's just so angry about everything. It, it just doesn't serve. It's just consuming her with rage. Instead, she can, one can think, I understand these people and what they're doing to the planet. They're raping the planet. All they're thinking is short term, but this is unacceptable. And I will do whatever it is I can to not let that happen, to boycott ExxonMobil, to to be an activist, to encourage corporations or, or institutions to diversify from fossil fuel investments, um, whatever it is. So, so it's the balance of not being consumed by the anger, but speaking out for injustice and believing it. And, and, and looking at the exemplars who, who created great change and did it through nonviolence and love, like Martin Luther King or Gandhi, um, you know, the, on the eve of Martin Luther King Day, um, they did it through not trying not to promote hate, but trying to promote dream, uh, love. Um, and, and things don't change overnight, but we just keep working it. And if we stay grounded in our belief system and understand 
Um, we, we create better change. People respond better to someone who is willing to talk to them. If, if I were to sit with the CEO instead of me of ExxonMobil, instead of me ranting and raving and angry and threatening him, he would actually listen if I, if, if I had the privilege of sitting with him to, me, to, to what I say, he will, it won't sway him, but, but at least it gives him something to think about. And, um, and, and to add on to that, uh, one of the persons I did an interview with um, for my interview series, Interviews with the Leading Edge, was a man by the name of John Perkins. John is well-known as a teacher of shamanic wisdom. And then about, five, about 10 years ago, he wrote a book uh, also about his other life um, as an economic hitman. He wrote a book, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, about his work doing the, uh, for corporations, and, and he, he contributed to the rape of the planet. And, but nowadays, he doesn't do anything like that, and he teaches shamanism, teaches more enlightenment in different ways. And one of the things he does is travels the world speaking to business schools, World Bank, business students, uh, business organizations. And he said there's a great change. He sees a great change in consciousness and awareness in the business community. Um, you know, they need a great – there's still a lot that needs to be done. But it's, it was very heartening to hear that from someone like John Perkins, who's on the front lines of meeting with business people. So a lot of them are just stuck in that paradigm of short-term profits and don't know how to get past it. But, but a lot of them are, are starting to question their values and what they're doing. So, so again, we have to, we can understand their motives. We cannot, we don't have to accept it. We don't have to be willing to say, Oh, it's okay. Cause they're trying. We can, we can stand up for what we believe in and, and speak out in whatever way it is. Mm-hmm. What this and I have somebody. Uh, go ahead, Sherry. What this brings us to is first find our own foundation, and that's going to lead us to the fact that others have a right to be wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And, and right, we stay grounded ourselves. We know what our foundation is, as you say, Sherry, and and we can we can accept if others have the right to be wrong, uh, but we know what's true. And, and so much can occur from there. That's a, a powerful thing. thing. Yeah. 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 That's, that's very powerful. Um, I'm shocked to find that we got here already, but it's time to go. Oh, <laughs> how, okay. do people, how, do people, how do people find you? How do they work with you? Where would you like them to find your book? All of that great information. Okay. The, the best bet would be to go on my website, drmichaelwayne.com, they could sign up for my free six-day email course that I mentioned um, called Enlightened Living, Six Ways to Build an Authentic, Serene, and Healthy Life. And they can sign up two ways when they go on my drmichaelwayne.com website, and that's Dr. Dr. Um, in the upper left-hand corner is a link to sign up for the course, or when you go on the website, there's also a little pop-up box, and you can put your name in there. Um, and then if they go, if you go on my website, drmichaelwayne.com, you can see the, my interviews with the Leading Edge video interview series on the Leading Edge tab. Also, a lot of fascinating interviews. And uh, my book, Quantum Revolution, is available on the products page um, on my website. And I'm planning on making a documentary film and taking some of the interviews I've done and, and other things. Uh, so people join my email list by going on, join, um, enrolling in the course, the free email course. They'll be on my email list and be kept to date on the, on the progression of the um, documentary film. Great. So, that's exciting. That's, a documentary yeah. film. That's very fun. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking all these ideas that we're talking about and really um, going with it. Excellent. All right, everybody, have a great rest of the weekend, and we'll see you on Tuesday. Thanks, Michael. That was really more than I thought it was going to be, and I thought it was going to be a lot. Thank you very much. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Sherry. It's been really nice. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Later.